It began as a typical Sunday. Ms. Tupperville was finishing breakfast with her daughter when she began to feel a little ill. She went to lie down. What happened next is a blur. A five-year-old saved the day. Lashonesty Tuberville wasn't feeling too well, so she decided to lay down after breakfast with her five-year-old daughter. But soon she lost the ability to move, to speak. Paramedics later diagnosed it, hypoglycemic diabetic episode, dangerously low blood sugar. Thankfully, Ms. Tuberville had taught her daughter how to call 911, and she did. A five-year-old saved the day and still regularly checks in on mom, Ms. Tupperville took the opportunity to encourage parents, teach children early how to call for help. Christians need to learn to call on the Lord for help. Our Heavenly Father says, Call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And here we are, only a month away from Christmas. Today, from an American Thanksgiving, and we're in a series called Behold, the Lamb of God. One of the most well-known songs from George Friedrich Handel's Messiah. All last week and this week, we're looking at this remarkable oratorio written back in 1742. It was dark in London back then. People were living without hope, but God's faithful people were praying. And during this time, a great awakening began. And I find it quite interesting that the Lord not only used great preachers like George Whitfield and Charles Wesley to proclaim the good news, he also raised up people like George Handel and his friend Charles Jennings to reach the masses with this musical masterpiece, The Messiah. Every word is from the Bible. Every note dances in your heart as the gospel resonates in your soul. In a moment, we're going to hear more about Charles Jennings, and we're going to catch up with a Chicago-based nurse who is working with COVID patients even during the holidays. It's challenging, but she has much to thank the Lord about, and I want you to hear from her. After the program, I want you to get copies of Handel's Messiah for yourself, but also for others in your life to enjoy this coming Christmas 2020. This particular arrangement that we have was recorded in a small English church to help you hear the words more clearly. Call us after the program for one or more copies of Messiah at 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. And if you'd like to learn more about Messiah before your shipment arrives, Come watch the mini-documentary that we shot a few years back at Handel's house. We also have a blog post that shows all of the scripture used for each of the songs in Messiah, a helpful resource while you're listening. And once you've looked at all of that, you can make your gift for your two CD sets of Messiah at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you still haven't watched the Chosen TV show, 
we still have this double DVD set for your minimum gift to the ministry. Great for you, great as a Christmas gift. And now Laura's story opens with Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God Who takes away our sin Behold the Lamb of God, the life and light of men. Behold the Lamb of God, who died and rose again.
Laura Story singing with Brandon Heath and Behold the Lamb of God here on this Haven Today. And that's what we're calling our program this week. When we hear Handel's Messiah today, you can keep in mind that it was first performed at a grand concert hall. Later on, it would be cathedrals and churches. The soaring melodies and sharp crescendos, the powerful singing, there is that air of pomp and circumstance. But later on, it was actually performed at a hospital for needy children in London, not far from Handel's house, the Foundling Hospital. It's for whom he left his estate to after his death, and it fits. Charles Jennett, the man who compiled the lyrics for Messiah, wrote it as a call to faith for his fellow Brits. He was a passionate believer in Jesus, and he had noticed so many in his time drifting away from the faith they had grown up in. And that's why he wrote Messiah, to remind people of their great need, to call them back to Christ. In other words, Charles Jennon wanted his neighbors to behold the Lamb of God. A few years ago, I spoke with Dr. Ruth Smith in London, and I asked her to explain the background to the words of Messiah. Here's what she told me. Jennings was defending the Christian faith, and he was reaching out to those who might have lapsed from their faith. From his point of view, it was wonderful that Handel performed his oratorios in a theater. Now, Jennings intended Messiah for performance in Passion Week, the week leading up to Easter. Not Christmas. Not Christmas, Easter. And Christ's passion is, in fact, the center of yes. Messiah. Yes, That's it what is. happens in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Now, during that week leading up to Easter, it was not allowed to perform plays, so most of the theaters were dark. So, what did people who would normally go to the theater do for entertainment instead? They went to Mr. Handel's oratorios. Mm. So, Handel had a larger than usual captive audience. So, this would be perfect, as far as Jennings was concerned, for performing Messiah to reach out to those people who would normally be, in a frivolous way, going to the Mm theatre, but they would be captured Mm -hmm. by the biblical text. And he captured them... People who might not even go to church, other than an Easter or Sunday. And exactly, and perhaps hearing the Passion Story would remind them of what they should be doing next week. They should be going to church at Easter. And Jennings captured them in another way. Let's suppose that the audience is largely lukewarm or lapsed Christians. Now, all the texts that Jennings chose were not only very appropriate to the story of the Messiah, they were also deeply familiar to anybody who had been brought up Christian because they are readings from the main festivals of the Christian year. They are the readings prescribed by the Church of England for Christmas Mm -hmm. and Passion Week, and Easter, and Whitson. And the final part is largely the burial service, which, Mm. of course, would be all too familiar to people living in the 18th century when there was a very high mortality rate. So most of this audience, who would probably have been taken to church when they were young, Mm -hmm. might not have been to church recently. They would hear these words and they would remember... It would be familiar. It wouldn't be what's all this newfangled stuff. It would be, oh, goodness, yes, I remember now. This, you know, this is the faith I was brought up in. So in a sense, it was a clarion call to faith, the whole oratorio. Yes, that's exactly what it was, a clarion call to faith. And very clarion because of Handel's music.
Handel's Messiah, written as a clarion call to faith, using the very scriptures that every church boy or girl in England and beyond would have been familiar with. One of those scriptures was John the Baptist's famous line, Behold the Lamb of God. It's a divine call to look at Jesus and to consider who he is. He's the Lamb of God. That doesn't just mean that he's gentle and lowly, as we're told in Matthew 11. Meek and mild, Jesus is the Lamb of God because he went to the slaughter in our place. The Day of Atonement needed a lamb, a perfect lamb. In the temple once a year, the high priest would enter that holy of holies and sacrifice a perfect lamb and offer atonement for the sins of the people. But Jesus is the Lamb of God, John the Baptist told us, because he takes away the sins of the world. Look at him, he says. Behold him, he tells us. And as we behold Jesus, we are changed. Our sins are forgiven. Our burdens are lifted. Just like those children in the foundling hospital where Messiah was performed a year or two after it first came out, we are reminded of our need and we are met by Christ. At a time like this, we truly need to behold the Lamb. We need to see Jesus and what he's done for us. People are dying around us. They're getting sick around us. Nations are on the verge of chaos once again. But Christ's faithfulness continues. I want you to hear from someone who can testify to the Lord's faithfulness. We had her on the program when COVID first broke out last springtime. Her name is Natalie Worley. She's a nurse at a greater Chicago area hospital. And here, heading into an American Thanksgiving tomorrow, I wanted to catch up again with Natalie Worley. Natalie, thanks for joining me here on the program today. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be back. You're seeing this new wave firsthand of COVID because you're on the front line. We're still hearing from people who are listening to this program and saying, oh, it's not as bad as we think. Masks aren't important. There's a whole range of things that we have people send us emails on. You're my sister in the Lord. You're working with COVID patients. And what have you seen happening just the last couple of weeks at your hospital? We saw a spike in the spring, which I think we talked a little bit about last time. Mm -hmm. um, and what that involved is, you know, sometimes I find that it's easier if I give numbers of the bed capacity we have and then the amount that are filled with COVID because it just helps to give a better perspective of um, the challenges that we're experiencing in our staffing and with bed capacity um, to be able to treat other illnesses. So back in the spring, our highest number, I think, was around 103 at our peak. Um, but we hung around the 80, 90 range for a few months. That's COVID patients at one single time in your Chicago area hospital. Correct. COVID okay. patients one single time, our area hospital. And we typically have bed availability for 220 adults at our hospital. So almost 50% of our normal bed capacity was filled with COVID. Mm -hmm. I say normal bed capacity because we obviously open up overflow areas. We have an eight bed overflow wing. We built two ICUs to help with our COVID capacity. We hired 
I think it was close to 50 agency nurses to help us treat these patients during the spring. And then we trained up to 500 staff in new positions to help us with our influx of patients in the spring. So that was, that was several months ago. Now moving into the fall, we went through a very nice summer months of May to um, September, where our numbers of COVID were averaging about eight to 12 COVID patients in the hospital requiring hospitalization. Then we started seeing a, an influx of patients in September and October, we got to about 50. And two weeks ago, we went from 50 to 115 in about three days. This was a tremendous increase in a very short period of time. And it's put a lot of strain on our hospital. And a lot of strain on you and the other nursing and support staff, right? We're a little tired at this point, yeah. <laughs> well, have anything to give thanks for this year? Yeah, I, of course. Absolutely. Every day we had a, an elder who used to ask me all the time, what are you thankful for today? And so I find that that's a good way to keep rejoicing, even when you're tired or worn out. As far as COVID goes, this second wave, there's some things to be thankful for. Our patient length of stay days has dropped from 11 to four on average, which has helped us with this influx of patients. We're getting people out faster. They're not as sick. Our ICUs are a lot less burdened this time. I'm really thankful for that. I'm thankful for my team too. I mean, these nurses are incredible. They're tired, but we're just, we're trying to stay positive and keep serving and doing what we've been trained to do. And I just see such courage from them. I'm thankful for my church. They've been a huge support and my roommate. I mean, I could go on and on. The Lord's just provided so many resources, so many gifts in this time, even when it's been a hard season. The Lord has just so clearly been with me and with our team and providing what we need when we need it, even when it's hard. I think we ought to just give a prayer of thanks to the Lord, but also pray for other people who uh, perhaps aren't in as good a way with COVID. Why don't you, because you're on the front line, lead us in prayer right now, would you, Natalie? Father God, this has been such a difficult year for all of us. And in so many ways, every individual seems to have some specific, unique piece for why it has been so hard for them. And I pray that we wouldn't lose sight of those individual needs and hardships that have happened this year, that we would have empathy for those around us and and love and care for them and eyes to see the needs around us and a willing heart to meet those needs. Father, I pray that you would fill our hearts with thanksgiving this season, thanksgiving in the work that you've done. And Lord, I do pray that you would be with our patients at the hospital who have COVID right now across the United States, that you would be giving the doctors and nurses wisdom, that you would give us the resources we need to treat these patients well, that you would give their bodies the strength and ability to recover well from this virus. And Lord, we pray for those that are that are working on the vaccine, Lord, that that would be a readily available treatment option for us very soon. Father, I pray that as Christians and witnesses to your gospel truth in this nation, that our primary goal and end would be to love one another well and to love our neighbor as ourselves. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Natalie Worley, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. COVID-19 has challenged so many hospitals in so many places, and we continue to pray that the Lord will put an end to this deadly virus. But in times like these, we don't need more fear. We don't need to bury our heads in the sand either. These are real issues affecting real people. What we all need 
is to behold the Lamb. In the words of Hebrews, we need to run the race set before us, looking to Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith. When we see him and we have faith in what he has done, we find that in the end, he's all we truly need. trusted in God, Handel's Messiah. Words coming from Psalm 22.8. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today. As you listen to this oratorio, it's like a Bible study. In fact, I'd encourage you to visit our website and look at our new blog this week where we show you all the verses that the Messiah is taken from. As you listen and read along, your soul will be stirred with the way Handel's was. When he first wrote it, we've been hearing from so many people thanking us for sharing the music of Messiah. One note that really touched us here at the ministry from Diana in Florida. She's a Haven partner, someone who prays regularly and gives automatically monthly to support the ministry. Diana wrote us, I have been so blessed by the Messiah series that I was moved to send a little pre-holiday gift, just as this series is a pre-holiday gift to listeners. This year, it seems that folks are decorating a little earlier, listening to Christmas music a little earlier, and hoping that festive decorations and lights will brighten an otherwise difficult year, when in reality, 
They're looking for the light of Christ the Messiah, even if they don't know it. She says thank you to the entire Haven team for this wonderful series as we draw closer to Christmas. Well, Diana, I think you're so right, and we thank you for your kind gift and pray you will be blessed by the Messiah this Christmas season, both the music and, more importantly, by Jesus. I want all of us to have this masterpiece so that it fills your home and your heart this Christmas with the light and glory of the Messiah. Why don't you call us right now? Make your gift to the ministry. Ask for a copy of this two-CD set of Handel's Messiah. And maybe you'd like to also get a copy or more copies to send to loved ones to enjoy this Christmas season. Our number you can call, and we're listening right now for our phone to ring, is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And when you do visit our website, watch the mini documentary that we shot when I visited Handel's house in London. And then take a look at the verses from the Messiah as well, haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have the first season of The Chosen, all eight episodes on two DVDs for your minimum gift. Christmas is coming soon. And this just might make a great gift for someone you love. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow, won't you? When again, we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What would a superhero or spy movie be without high-tech gadgets? We all know the hero has a trick or two up his sleeve to help him overcome the enemy, but when the gadgets fail, and they always do, the best heroes turn to their inner strength and emerge victorious. What about you? When it comes to your battles in life, what do you rely on? You know, digging deep for inner strength may seem right, but in the kingdom of God, that's not how it works. True strength, we're told, is found in weakness, relying on the strength of Christ. Once when the Apostle Paul prayed for deliverance from a trial, God answered him saying, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Get encouragement for your walk with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.